This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at CosmicPotato.com. Arguably the greatest WrestleMania ever. The best WWE pay-per-view ever. Yeah. So, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but... Uh, yeah, I would kind of agree. But, uh, man, 2001. How many times have I said, what a year makes on this many. podcast? Holy shit. So, from the span of WrestleMania 16... 
to WrestleMania 17. ECW, the third largest brand of wrestling in the United States, has gone bankrupt. And they stopped putting on shows. Uh, what else happened here? The Cat, who we saw prominently featured at WrestleMania 16, uh, was released on February 27th, 2001. And real life uh, husband, yeah, I- Jerry Lawler quit along with her. So that means there was a new voice needed at the commentary booth. Yes, this left a vacant announcing position. And who shows up? Paul, Paul Heyman. Heyman. Yes. And My finally... Paul Heyman impersonation's awful. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and finally, six days prior to this event, after trying for a year with Eric Bischoff and his group called Fusion Media, who backed out of the deal when it was discovered that AOL Time Warner did not want wrestling television on their channels. So, basically, the whole thing was Eric Bischoff had created this this company called Fusion Media, a bunch of investors who offered to buy WCW for $65 million. And written in the contract was a 10-year provision saying that WCW would be aired on the Turner Broadcast Networks. Well, the first thing that they did was say, fuck you, we don't want your money, and promptly took WCW off the air and pretty much said, have fun with that. Thus valuing the company at a measly valued, rumored $2.5 million. Right. I mean, part of it, the... the the buyout that WWE did with WCW is kind of fishy. If you've read Brian Alvarez's book, The Death of The, the Death of WCW, get the uh, get the uh, audio version. I've got it both on uh, physical and audio, and the audio version is amazing. But yeah, so I I have the digital copy on my Kindle. There you go. Um, the person who ended up uh, brokering the deal between the WWF and Time Warner for WCW ended up working for Time Warner shortly thereafterwards. And so they may have done something to get the, that deal a little bit sweeter than it really should have been. Yeah, definitely. And uh, arguably you could be told uh, the WWE has made more money on WCW things in its death uh, more than they've they, they prob- probably bought that for. They probably who knows how many times they uh, recoup their total purchase price. Well, probably just with the network alone, they they did that within the first year. That I was thinking like the fact that they had those numerous DVDs in the early two thousands of the NWO, the rise and fall of WCW. Oh, yeah, um, I purchased some of those. I did too. Um, uh, what else? You know, just all that stuff. The Best of Nitro, Volume 1, 2, and 3. Just numerous rehashings of crap they didn't create, but yet they can just slap it on a, on a DVD and boom, money's being printed. Well, at the time it could be. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, but the WWE can do that with basically any, uh, company that they choose to because they own so many of them if they decided oh well georgia championship wrestling would make a lot of us a lot of money they could put that on the dvd too and yep. it would <laughs> well i mean you, you could take a look first further later 
um, which we'll get into in later WrestleManias, is the revival of the ECW brand. For good Definitely. or bad. I'm not saying good or bad, but based on also the purchasing of the ECW properties, they were able to make millions of dollars off the DVDs of the Rise and Fall of ECW. And, you know, just it's just crazy to think. Like, dang. Vince McMahon did something Paul Heyman and, w- and Eric Bischoff couldn't do was make reasonable amounts of money off of their product. Even in their debts. <laughs> well, yes, but I would say that, to be fair, he didn't have to have any sort of running costs to make money off of their products. True, true. So, the Monday night, so essentially, uh, the WWE purchases WCW for, you know, like we said, roughly $2.5 million. The true figure is not known. The previous Monday, it was the last WCW Nitro ever. Thunder just died because, well, it died. So it was also Thunder. Was there also a Thunder? Th- no, I mean it was. I was saying it, it, it. It's also Thunder. Oh yeah, so. yeah, yeah, no, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm saying like, I always thought just Nitro was the last thing, and then I was done. No more WCW. Thunder didn't get a send off, nothing. But nope. um, the previous Monday they had the last Nitro. As the event came to a close. Shane McMahon walks out as Shane and Vince are having a match at WrestleMania 17. And, you know, I bought WCW. The the contract says McMahon, but it says Shane McMahon. And I got to tell you. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, imagine being one of the workers at WCW and they they are turning your company's death into a storyline. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'd be pissed. Yeah. No wonder no wonder Sting didn't go there for so long. Yeah, no kidding. Um so going into WrestleMania 17 was this hint of like, oh shit. WCW. Oh man, what's going to happen? Oh man, this is going to be awesome. All these stuff that get holy shit, guys. Oh my god, this is be amazing. Uh, but nothing happened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh we'll get into that. But yeah, so I remember being 16 um, you know, at the time going, oh my God, this is amazing. Like, I couldn't believe weeks before it was being reported, you know, WCW's done. Or sorry, not WCW, ECW. And then WCW just kind of fell too. And it was like a span of like three weeks. It was like we had three prominent wrestling promotions and we're down to one prominent wrestling promotion. It's just crazy to think, even back then. And, you know, we've not seen the likes of, we've seen Inklings, you know, we've had, I mean, I would say arguably the greatest, closest reminiscent of it was Impact was really, really, really popular at one point. Um, you know, but that waned pretty quickly, unfortunately. Well, I, I mean, Impact had the best chance because they were on Spike. Yes. And, and they had like a, a couple... They had like uh, one and a half million viewers at one point. To me, though, at the time, Impact was putting on better wrestling. Their pay-per-views were doing way better than the WWE. And, you know, I remember vividly when they came back and like, we're doing Monday nights. And what a clusterfuck that turned out to be. But Well, yeah, but you also have to understand, you also have to consider, like, who was in charge at that point. When TNA was doing really good wrestling, uh, 
for the most part, it was on the backs of guys like Samoa Joe, Chris, J- Chris Daniels, and AJ Styles. And it wasn't necessarily in the main events. Their main events have always been kind of like clusterfucks. Yes. But, but then in like 2009, when they brought in Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan, that just got exasperated. Yes. So. Yes. Yeah. I would, I would say, uh, Ring of Honor has been consistently fairly popular in terms of, well, not necessarily so much recently, but in the last several, a uh, couple of years, they've been consistently one of the more popular brands and they're closer to what ECW was, um, as like a third alternative. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, let's get into it. So, yes. WrestleMania 17, headlined by The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Again. Again. So the big thing was, you know, we had the injury to Stone Cold. We obviously didn't see him at WrestleMania 16. He was out injured. Um, The most we got was a promo from him at Access. And uh, so this is kind of his big triumph return. He won. He wins the Royal Rumble. And... Rock wins the title from Big Show, and they end up meeting again at WrestleMania 17. Uh, but the thing being that Rock, you know, is the greatest of all time, and and Austin needs this. He needs to beat The Rock to prove to himself. Oh, and he married Deborah McMichael. She's- Boo. All right. Houston, Texas, the Alliant Astrodome. The yes, ramp, the ramp is a million miles long. I was so glad Undertaker was on a motorcycle because they give him to still be going on today. Well, yeah, but he was also American badass Taker, so yes, exactly. Maybe he would have ran. Yes, American badass has run. All right, we get a great promo by Freddie Blassie, but the promo, the the video itself, don't make fucking sense. Because they show people on porches on some, watching small-ass TVs with no kind of cables <laughs> or anything hooked up. Um, they, they're watching WrestleMania. Uh, there's people in China next to a barrel that's on fire. It's so apparently homeless people can watch WrestleMania together. Um, two kids in a TV repair shop in the window is showing WrestleMania illegally to the street. Um, and someone at a barber shop is also watching WrestleMania, and finally in a barn, uh, a, a, a farmer is is scooping up his hay and watching WrestleMania. I mean, it would be like if they showed this video nowadays. It would be like the equivalent of people watching illegal pay per view streams on Periscope because they didn't want to buy the network. Yes, or just on your on your phone. I mean, it right. makes sense today. And then finally. The the culmination of all this, a teenage couple in the back of their car, arm in arm, the, the girl cuddled up with the guy, watching WrestleMania in the backseat of their car. Again. Yeah. This is 2001. Uh, mobile satellites were probably a thing back then, but, you know, just, uh, and finally expensive. we end up with an indie, indie, I don't know if it's an India, but some kind of like tribe. Is having some kind of like has a small TV, and then they're dancing around a big tree, and they're like <laughs> WrestleMania, the granddaddy of them all. 
bringing people together. I, I just... Like, I get the sentiments of, like, oh, everyone, all these people from around the world, all these ethnicities and genders and livelihoods, blue-collar, white-collar, people who illegally have, for some reason, has a repair TV shop in 2001, you know, just barbershops illegally showing wrestling events. They all love wrestling. Why don't you? Well... Yeah, well, I think I don't know. You know the I, WWF I, would sue the shit out of them. Like, hey, oh pal, yeah, you're showing. Did you did you pay the business? I mean, like, I think it's like twenty five hundred bucks to show a UFC in a commercial establishment where you make money. Mm. It's some crazy amount of money. This year's sponsor is Snickers. Yay! I guess I don't know. I don't like chocolate. What? Yeah. He must hate Easter. <laughs> JR welcomes us to WrestleMania X7, because I can't say 17, at the Reliant Astrodome. JR says over 60,000 people are packed into the arena, and it is a standing room crowd at WWF New York. And what is WWF New York, Zach? Uh, oh, WWF New York was a was a restaurant. Uh, owned by the WWF in like Times Square. Yes. And during pay-per-views, they would show various wrestlers there. Uh, Usually not very happy. Huh? Usually not very happy. No, I wouldn't be very happy either because you're surrounded by fans. They're constantly touching you. And then you have to cut a promo to the camera. At the time, I couldn't hear anything like, Ah, JR, I'm here at WWF New York eating my WWF platter of wings. Oh, yeah, things are great. Yep. Or they acted like Jerry Lynn and started acting like it was a rave, a rock concert or something. Yes. So, yes, the only thing I remember from WWF New York is right around the time of the 9-11 attacks, it was right around Survivor Series, obviously. And they had the um, advertisement as Lita and Tori Wilson back-to-back. And just seeing the devastation of New York and the towers. But there in the background is Dodef New York. Okay. Well, you have to, you know, have to sell your product. Yep. Paul Heyman has joined this year with Jim Ross. It's his first ever WrestleMania. He is happy as hell. I love Paul Heyman. I loved, loved, loved this pairing. Fuck you, King. (laughs) First off match, the WWF Intercontinental Championship, Y2J Chris Jericho versus William Regal. Jericho being the champion. So they cut the promo... So I thought they cut this promo from the network version. Why do Jay doesn't like Regal? So he puts Jericho in a handicap matches against the Dudley Boys, the right to censor, uh, and Y two Jay pees in a teapot of tea, and then Regal drinks it, and Jericho then dresses up as Doink the Clown and makes Regal tap to the walls of Jericho. But then they do play it. So it's kinda weird. They like have Jericho come out. And then they play the video promo of like, oh, here's what, why are the matches happening? Well, you know, you did mention that that ramp is very long. 
So yet they had time to play the promo. Yes. So on SmackDown, uh, so the so the match, so the whole thing of the match is uh, Regal got Jericho in the Regal stretch, and Heyman thinks that the left shoulder of uh, might be bad on Jericho, and they've both made each other tap essentially. So it's who can make their opponent tap is the storyline of the match. Yes, actually, and the part where Jericho is dressed as Doink is actually mentioned in Jericho's second book. Oh, what does he uh, say? Well, he t- it talks about how Jericho is dressed up as Doink, and in the background, uh, Y2, or, uh, Shawn Michaels is uh, talking to him, and he's like intoxicated as hell, and he's like, tell me they didn't make you dress up as Doink. They shouldn't have done that. They shouldn't have done that. And he kept on saying, it's only a one-time thing. It's only a one-time thing. Leave me alone, Sean. And Sean just wouldn't leave him alone. (laughs) It's funny. All right. So the match starts off fast. Um, Okay, there we go. Uh, He hits a crossbody on the top rope and then climbs to the top rope and hits a reverse... Elbow off the top rope for a near fall. Uh, Jericho then tries for a walls of Jericho, but Regal uh, hits only hits an elbow and misses. Um, Jericho is then thrown shoulder first into the turnbuckle, and then uh, shoulder first in for good measure. So he's already working over the shoulder to try to you know further that storyline. Um. Sorry. Cutting shit off. There we go. An arm ringer takedown to the left arm. Uh, and then a wrist lock. Jericho comes back and tries for a lion salt. Where Regal gets his knees up and then gets a roll up attempt for a two on Jericho. A reverse suplex sending Jericho crashing face first into the mat. Regal then unties the top turnbuckle uh, pad and then slams the left shoulder into the exposed turnbuckle. Um, he then, uh, hits an insiguri on, uh, by Jericho, and then a right hand as Jericho's left arm is hanging at this point. A flying drop kick leaves Jericho, uh, for, okay, sorry. A flying drop kick by Jericho for a near fall on Regal. Regal then hits a double underhook suplex from the top rope. As a huge amount of flash bulbs go off, which I, I gotta say, I, I really miss. Like when flashy moves happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I do too, but I think it's just a sign of the times. We, we don't have to carry around those really big, heavy cameras anymore. We just can do it with our phones. Yep. Uh, okay, he tries for a back suplex. Uh, Rio tries for a black suplex, but Jericho lands on his feet. He tries for the walls of Jericho. But he can't turn him around due to his shoulder. This allows Regal to hit the Regal stretch at this point. Uh, slowly, Jericho slowly crawls to the, to, to the bottom rope. Jericho finally gets on the rope. Hold is broken. Jericho then hits uh, several loud knife at his chops. And the crowd moves along. And Regal's chest at this point is bright red. A suplex by Regal. And then a lion salt. And picks up the victory at 740. So, uh, Jericho wins. 
Yeah. It's a pretty good opener, all things considered. Yeah, I really like... I mean, they're both... Regal's a great technical wrestler. Right. I, I like Regal a lot, but sometimes his matches are really ugly, and... And some and Chris Jericho tries to have like these really like smooth pretty matches. So I was so initially I was worried that the um, styles wouldn't mix well, but it ended up working okay. Yeah. A limo then pulls up and it has a license plate of WCW One, and out steps Shane McMahon. Uh, we then go to the acolyte's office and Bradshaw cuts a promo about being pro Texas and about old wrestlers who wrestled in Texas. And says that they have a uh, match. And they're just going to get some asses kicked. This ma- uh, this was stupid, but apparently they had to get over that, you know, hey, Bradshaw's from, from Texas. Well, you know, we wouldn't have known that ever. Never. Six-man tag team match. Right to censor, consisting of Val Venus, Bull Buchanan, and the Good Father. So the right to censor is... The WF answer to the parent television console, who at the time were basically saying, you know, hey, WF is very smutty and not good for children. So they took, um, you know, Val Venus, the porn star, and the godfather, a pimp, and turned them into, you know, better versions, you know, the good father. And, well, Val Venus just doesn't do porn anymore. He's, he's retired. And they wear, Black slacks and white button-up shirts. They had Ivory with them, who she wore a long, like, uh, heavy, you know, dress and put her hair up in a bun. And they were led by Stephen Richards, who was conspicuously absent. Yeah, you know, I I always thought I I know that the right to censor is uh, was uh something to do with that parent. A television council, but I always thought they dressed like Mormons. Yeah, they, they that's actually a really good, yes, you were correct. They dressed like Mormons. Yeah. Exactly. Versus Taz and the APA with Jacqueline. So, and the only reason Jacqueline was out there is because she was with the APA, and she's from Texas. And Taz is from Brooklyn. But, uh, both teams start off by brawling. Taz and Elvis then start off and the bell rings. And then it's Bull versus Farouk. A power slam by Farouk for a two count. Taz gets a double teamed and takes a beating from the good, from the good father for a while. Bradshaw's in tagged in and hits a big fallaway slam on Venus. Then a double team choke slam by the APA. Uh, Venus is in back suplex off the top rope, but the RTC double power bomb Bradshaw. But after a missed formerly known as the Ho Train, Bradshaw hits a close on from hell for the win. And they pick up the victory at 3 minutes and 56 seconds. I have to say that one of the things I really appreciate about this pay-per-view is that the matches have enough time to breathe, but they're also not super long. Oh, yeah. No, I agree, because it's just crazy to think. Remember, Bolt Buchanan debuted like a week before WrestleMania 16, and he's done nothing in his entire year on the roster. Well... Yeah, well, you really can't do a whole lot when your boss man's lackey, and then you get put in with the Mormons. Yes. So, uh, to the back we go. Trish Stratus is wheeling a comatose Linda McMahon. Stephanie shows off her daddy's girl jumpsuit, 
and orders Trish around, asking things like, oh, I want crushed ice, but I need ice that has been crushed with a spoon, and this and that, and Trish is like, okay, we'll get that done. So yeah, we'll get more into why Linda's going with those, and Trish Stratus, and all that stuff here in a little bit later. Next up, we had the Triple Threat Hardcore Championship. Raven, as the WWF Hardcore Champion, versus Kane versus Big Show. Poor Raven. Raven comes down to the ring with a shopping cart full of things, including a plant and a Frankenstein figure. What'd you, what'd you think of that? I mean, it's Raven. Yep. I mean, he's just going to carry around crazy things, have his dreadlocks, and his weird comic book t-shirts. Yep. Kane takes a million years to get down to the ring, as the ramp is very long. <laughs> JR brings up the history of the Hardcore Championship, being defended for the first time at WrestleMania 15. He notes about the Hardcore title Battle Royal in the year prior that the title changed 11 times in 15 minutes during that event. I can't wait for this title to go away. <laughs> Me too. Raven attacks Kane. With a wet sign from behind as Kane beats up Raven. This was done because the uh, time it takes Big Show to get to the ring, you know, it obviously takes some time. Kane presses Raven into the Big Show, who's now finally on the floor. Big Show catches him. Kane then hits a flying clothesline to the outside. They quickly end up in the crowd. All three men basically walk to the, to the entrance through the crowd. The poor cameraman have to in security are scrambling to keep up with them and, you know, stopping the fans from getting involved because, damn, it's a big Sean Kane. I mean, come on. Now the side curtain, Raven hits Kane with a street sign several times and then they're into a fenced-in area and uh, Kane, our big show locks the door but Kane easily opens the locked door and they hit each other with other random stuff. Raven chokes Kane with a garden hose, and then Kane throws Raven through a plate glass window unexpectedly. It's just there. Big Show then tries to choke slam Kane on the concrete, but Kane turns it around, and then Kane falls through uh, a wall with Big Show. Which I went back and watched this again. He slams him into a wall, but they like don't fall through. So I'm partly wondering, like, did they go to hit the wrong wall? And then they hit the second one, and they kind of just fall through on their ass. I think they probably were they, supposed to. Like they forgot go, which wall to go through. Like, oh yeah. shit, wrong one. Which one? Which one's gimmicked? Yeah. Oh no. Personally, I think that wall gimmicks should have been retired after the after yeah the bo- shock after master. the shockmaster. But yes. so Raven grabs a golf cart and drives off the side of the hall over a very large black cable. Uh, and then it gets stuck. So the story goes that this black cable was essentially like the feed for like the pay-per-view truck or something. Like it was super important. And then they ran it over and like the story goes that legitimately they could have cut the feed to the pay-per-view. They were like two inches away from doing so. I beg to differ. You're going to tell me you don't have duplicates of stuff? I don't know. Uh, th- this is Kevin Dunn and Vince McMahon. Probably not. <laughs> so he gets the he gets the uh, golf cart stuck in like this gap. I I don't know what this was supposed to be. Um, so Big Show grabs an or sorry Kane grabs another golf cart and then runs over Raven's foot, 
Kane and the Big Show start fighting while walking down the hallway and fighting. Raven is bleeding from the back of his head. Uh, they say it's from the window. Uh, more random, uh, more random messes are made because they're just slamming each other into like, oh, here's a table full of food. Yeah, let's fuck it all up and like slam each other into it. Or like, hey, here's a drink stand. Let's tip that over for good measure. So uh, they they're walking down the seemingly never ending uh, never ending hallway, just punching and kicking and ran- knocking each other into random shit. Finally, they work their way back towards the entrance. Big Show threatens to throw Raven off the stage, and he lifts him up. But Kane hits a running big boot, sending both Big Show and Raven through a big plexiglass box. Uh, that has like a bunch of like flour or something in it. It's like a big poof of smoke. And then he does a running leg drop off the stage onto the big show and then picks up the win. Uh, your new hardcore champion at 928, Kane. This was a fun match, but God. I love this match. I remember when it aired and I had like the best of the hardcore championship DVD and this match was on there. I always liked this match, but then, like, watching it back this time, I was like, man, all they do is walk around backstage throwing each other into shit-making messes that other people have to clean up. Well, yes, but that's what makes it fun. Yes. Um, the window spot was awesome. The ending was The golf was awesome. cart was funny. Yes. It was a good match. It wasn't bad. You know, Raven is an interesting character. He's a legit Mensa member, yet he actually spends all of his time getting his brain cells knocked around and doing stupid stuff like this. But, come on, he's a millionaire. Him and Chris Canyon. I mean, sorry, Canyon. You know the joke, right? So, in WCW, they made him a spoiled brat. Like, no, I know, I know. Like Chris Canyon. <laughs> yes. He's dead. I know. R.I.P. All right, we're in the back. Kurt Angle's watching the Crispin Wall making him tap out. He says that if there is no ref, it wasn't a match. And the tap never occurred. Jimmy Snooker isn't shown in the WF New York. Hey, Ooh. Yeah, no shit. Fuck you, Jimmy Snooker. A very, very young John of the Coachman is then shown with some woman who flew 30 hours from Brisbane, Australia and a bunch of Australians and they do an Aussie chant. Why? But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the uh, <laughs> we'll get to more crazy fans. The Rock then shows up whenever he wants because he's just shown arriving to the arena. So, yeah. Lucky them. Who cares if your main event doesn't show? Go on in time. WF European title match. Eddie Guerrero with Perry Saturn versus Test. How- this is a test. Uh, this is a test. Yep, it sure is. Okay. Uh, I just really like that theme song. Yes. <laughs> two of the three companions are now passed away. All right. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's it's a surprise that Perry Saturn is still alive, considering that he was homeless and a meth addict for several years. Yes, yes. <sighs> you know. Such a squandered talent. I know. Eddie attacks before the bell. Tess gets, out, gets the upper hand. A pinning powerbomb early by Tess, 
for a quick two. And then a snake eyes by Tess to the corner. And a clothesline for another two on Eddie. Eddie then tries for a Frankensteiner. But Tess holds him to, on to the top rope while Eddie falls on his face. A brilliant move, I wrote. Uh, Tess's foot then gets caught up in the top rope and he hangs upside down on the outside while Eddie gr- distracts the ref. Saturn takes this opportunity to throw a few punches in. Eddie now begins to get the advantage by attacking the leg and the ankle of Tess. A long sleeper hold uh, silences the crowd pretty quickly. But eventually, Tess comes back. Saturn gets in the ring, gets a three-handled creden- the three-handled moss-covered credenza. As Paul moss-covered Heyman- three-handled family credenza. Yes, as Paul Heyman says, and the only thing I remember it from is Chris Jericho's one thousand and four holds promo. Yes, yes, this is one of them. Yes, uh, Eddie then goes for the top rope and tries for a senton off the top rope, but Tess moves out of the way. Uh, Tessin hits a pump handle slam and knocks Saturn off the apron, but only gets a two count. A big boot from Tess out of nowhere uh, and goes for the cover, but then Dean Malenko, in his polo shirt, comes running down, pulls Tess out of the ring, while the ref's back is turned. Uh, Saturn hands Eddie the European title and clocks Tess with it to get the win. And another title change. Eddie Guerrero wins at 8 minutes and 32 seconds. What's your uh, thought of the match? Um, I thought that this match was okay. However, it was kind of overbooked to hell because I don't think Eddie knew what to do with Test. Because Eddie could work with anybody, but sometimes the matches didn't come out super well. But I thought for the most part it was pretty fun. Um, I just think that a little too much outside interference... Yeah, I I didn't really care for the match. It wasn't it wasn't bad, but it definitely felt like just kind of like last year he had the whole you know China thing. Like I even though the match was silly last year at WrestleMania 16, I felt like this was like kind of like a step down for Eddie in terms of WrestleMania matches. Like this is just kind of there. Yeah, he won a title, but so what? It's the European Championship. Well, he'll be moving on to better things soon. Yes. Michael Cole is with Mick Foley, who is wearing his referee shirt from WrestleMania 15. He is the special guest referee for the Vince McMahon vs. Shane McMahon. He says he's going to call it right down the middle and uh, get the cheap plug-in by saying, right here, in Houston, Texas. Well, you know, the master of the cheap pop. Yes. He's cool like that. He is. Steve Austin is then shown arriving, and he looks pissed off as he slams his bag down to the floor. Well, he's Steve Austin. He's always pissed off. Apparently. Kurt Angle comes down to the ring and says he's not a big fan of Texas. He says their flag is also missing about 49 other stars. He then says that uh, Texas is full of beer. That He ha- He says that beer belly Texas yeehaws, and he'll never tap out to Chris Benoit. He also said to lose the cowboy hats, they aren't seven anymore, which made me laugh because later that summer, he'll buy cowboy hats. Well, he would get a tiny one. Yes. Kurt Angle versus Chris Benoit. So, again, goes back to the match of they want to make each other tap out. Who's the better technical wrestler? So, Kurt Angle had never been tapped out to this point. So, 
No, that's the story going in. Both men have tapped out to each other's submission hold. The bell rings. Both men feel each other out for a while. And then Kurt Angle does a single leg takedown. And they do some impressive amateur wrestling. And then they get to their feet staring at each other. JR talks about Benoit's path uh, from the dungeon. And Heyman also brings up New Japan Pro Wrestling Dojo in Tokyo. Um, and I said, Pegasus Kid was awesome. Because I remember getting a Best of the Pegasus Kid in Japan from HighSpots.com in 2006. Awesome match. Awesome tape. Both men continue amateur wrestling. Finally, various holds. But the crowd approves every time they break. So I was really shocked by this. Because at this time I felt like while technical wrestling was getting there, like definitely at WrestleMania 16 I felt like it wasn't appreciated, but like here it definitely was. Yeah, it's interesting because I think this is 2001. Yes. So um, people have been exposed to technical wrestling for a few years now, and because they know that they're not going to get it anywhere else, they're going to appreciate it kind of where it is. Um because, you know, they could get it from WCW or ECW prior, and they didn't expect it from the WWF, but now that both of those places are gone, here we go. I guess, yeah. No, no, I guess that's good, yeah. You're right, you're right. Benoit then tries for a crossface early, but Angle gets to the ropes quickly. Benoit tries uh, again, but Angle quickly gets to the ropes once more. Angle then rolls out of the ring, the crowd loudly boos. Angle then clotheslines Benoit, sending him over the top rope, and Paul Heyman says, Angle can't out-wrestle Benoit. So now they have to brawl. I really like that. Um, Benoit isn't thrown into the steel steps. Now back into the ring, a suplex for a two-count by Angle. Paul Heyman says he can't wrestle, but he can brawl. Kurt Angle can do it all. I wonder if he just saw that on top of his head or... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He can wrestle, he can brawl, Kurt Angle can do it all. <laughs> he can also do that really cool moonsault. Yes. Angle keeps beating on Chris Benoit. Benoit finally comes back with the knife-edge chops. Uh, but Angle hits a great belly-to-belly suplex on Benoit. The, another overhead belly-to-belly suplex. Benoit then puts Angle into the top rope and then hits a superplex. And Benoit slowly rolls over, but Angle gets a two-count. Uh, Angle then whips... Uh, Kurt chest first into the corner, then hits a pair of rolling German suplexes, but on the third ag- angle, rolls out and gets the ankle lock onto Benoit. Uh, Benoit gets out and then puts Angle in the ankle lock, and then um, Benoit then tries for a crossface, but Angle keeps blocking it, and then Angle slips out and gets a crossface of his own on Benoit. Benoit gets his foot on the bottom rope to break the hold. The ref is then knocked out. Uh, Benoit and Kurt Angle taps, but the ref is obviously out, so it doesn't matter. Benoit gets to his... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say that at one point, uh, when Angle taps, uh, Benoit's like, Come on, ref, what the hell's the matter with you? Yes. <laughs> Benoit gets up to check on the ref, and Angle hits the angle slam as the ref comes to. Benoit kicks out of two. So a huge kick out. Angle then slams Benoit to the mat, climbs the top rope, hits a pressure perfect moonsault, and but Benoit gets his knees up and then calls for the diving headbutt. Benoit hits a picture perfect headbutt and covers Angle, and Angle kicks out at two. So amazing. 
Angleton hits a little blow on Benoit behind the ref's back and then rolls up Benoit and for good measure holds the tights, pinning Benoit and uh, gets the win at 7... Uh, sorry, at uh, 14-10. Awesome I, match. Yes, I love this match. I loved this match. It was so good. Um, you know, we, we at the time of this recording, it's going into May of 2019. We just watched WrestleMania 35 a week ago. It's true. And Kurt Angle had his final match. And just watching this made me so fucking sad. Because I was like, Jesus Christ. Not even 20 years ago, this guy was just entering the WWF. And now he's leaving the WWF. And he is such a shell of his former glory. Well, that's what arthritis and old age will do to you. Oh, no. I, I And a bad neck, obviously. Yeah. I, I agree. But, man, and I'll be honest. Like... If I get flagged for this, I don't care. I miss Chris Benoit. I fucking loved Chris Benoit. He was such a great wrestler. I don't condone what he did to his family. I'm not going to get into it. It's been 12 years now. We're coming up on that tragedy. I'm not going to add anything new that hasn't already been said. But I loved Chris Benoit. These two just had some sensational matches together. And this was one of them. What do you think? Well, like I said, it's an awesome match. I'm not going to necessarily say that I miss Chris Benoit, although I do understand the sentiment. Um, I can I can watch him in short bursts before I start to remember what he did. Unfortunately, I I, I have trouble uh, disconnecting the performer from the person he was outside of the ring. Well, I understand that. I to me personally, I don't I I don't have I can keep the two different and i think i've watched enough chris benoit throughout the years since his passing that i'm just like oh, I'm, I'm i'm over it like don't get me wrong like what what happened was terrible and should have never ever 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 happened and but the wf still gives me the option to watch his matches i'm not going to not like them because of the events that he that occurred because at the end of the day, he's an actor playing a role in a wrestling ring. I didn't right, know, right. No. I didn't know the Chris Benoit uh, personally or out of the ring. I knew Chris Benoit in the ring as a performer. Right, right. I'm, I'm just saying that I can like watch one match of his, but like if I was like, oh, I really like that match. I'm not. I can't necessarily then go. Oh, I'm going to watch another Chris Benoit match. Oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I I get it. Yeah. All right. Anyway, I I really, really enjoyed the match. You really enjoyed the match. You really enjoyed the match. Great stuff. Right. Definitely. In the back, we come back. And William Regal is coming out of the trainer's office. Where? Sorry. He's coming out of the trainer's room. He goes back to his office where Kamala is on the desk, rubbing himself with a picture of Queen Elizabeth. And Kimchi eventually gets control, and they both just leave. Paul Heyman and Jay are hype up the gimmick battle royal later on. That's all this was for, but it was awesome. Uh, I, I mean, all right. I, I didn't realize that the handler's name was Kimchi, and I was like, "Holy fuck, that's racist!" 
Yes. That's awful. <laughs> Kamala Kamala's racist. Like yes, that, yes. The, the whole character and, and everything around it is awful. <laughs> it's awfully racist. Oh, I also man. also Kamala I'm you know, I'm surprised Kamala even showed up for this gimmick battle royal. He probably needed the paycheck, but it's just like he I don't know if you've heard this. He made a song all about Pat Patterson and the Brooklyn Brawler. No. I haven't heard of that. All right. So <sighs> Pat Patterson is a, a gay man, but he didn't come out until after he retired. Yeah. And apparently Kamala, according to the song, heard Pat Patterson and the Brooklyn Brawler having sex in, in a – hotel room and i guess he said that pat patterson would give people jobs if they would have sex with him and i don't know if this is true well or or anything along those lines kind of makes sense after the whole ring boy scandal in 1993 or four right i i know and it's 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 awful but at the same time the way that kamala went about it was kind of malicious as well so i don't know I just imagine him dressed up as a Kamala, like on the other side of the wall in his own hotel room. I'm like, oh my! In his whole yeah. drag getup, instead of the actor, he's playing Kamala. <laughs> and he's just like moaning while the other. Yeah, no, it would be awful. What? What's going on? Oh, that's awful. Anyway, let's move on. Jesus Christ. Why is this in song form? Why is this in song form? Yes. Because Kamala made a record and he released it on his website. Oh, man. What's the name of the song? Uh, Is it Buck Buck Blues? No. Uh, I don't know what it's called. I heard it on the Brian and Vinny show. I'll share the clip with you later. Oh, man. Kurt Angle's in the back and he says that the better man won. And then Chris Benoit attacks him and slaps on the cross face and Angle's tapping again. It is finally broken up by refs. A promo package uh, as plays. A promo package plays, hyping up the China versus Ivory. Ivory broke China's neck, and she beats up a cardboard stand-up to show what she's going to do to at WrestleMania. China then gets one last laugh by stripping Ivory to a bra and panties on SmackDown, and that's the match. I hated this match. It can burn in hell. I hated the build-up. It was boring as shit. Well, it's not even it's not even that. Like the build up itself was like the promo package it was whatever. But this match is like insensitive to people who actually have neck issues. Not to say that China actually didn't have neck issues. She probably did. But at the Royal Rumble this this year, uh China uh had a match for the women's title with Ivory and it didn't end up going like ivory ended up winning because china accidentally hurt her neck doing the um cartwheel into a back back elbow elbow into the corner and all that other stuff like it's just it's just ridiculous yeah i remember that and sorry i remember that and uh, yeah it was dumb and they played up with owen hart voice and all that jazz you're right exactly totally unnecessary all right, WF Women's Championship. Ivory is champion versus China. 
China has signed a hold harmless agreement, which would become famous t- 15 years later. Uh, I've heard that hold harmless crap many times now in the new WWE. So, uh, Ivory, if Ivory breaks China's neck, again, the RTC isn't held responsible. Uh, China comes out with her bazooka gun and then has to jog down the ring because the rap is so long. Ivory then, also the also the bazooka gun things really don't work that well. No, no, they don't. I <laughs> Ivory is hugging her title and crying, but then she then attacks China from behind with the title before the bell rings. Uh, Ivory gets ugly looking punches to the back of the neck on China, who just lays there motionless. Ivory then tries for a kick, but China catches it, throws her across the ring. Stomps a mud hole in her, uh, an arm drag, and then a clothesline, a back body drop. She then sets up for the power bomb and hits the power bomb, crumpling up Ivory, and goes for a weak cover. But then China lifts up the arm of Ivory, and I cried a little, and then hits a po- and then power lifts uh, her once again, and then easily makes it for the cover and the win at two minutes and thirty eight seconds. New woman's champion, China. Ivory deserves better than this. She did. Ivory, like, Ivory is an interesting character because she was one of the original gorgeous ladies of wrestling, and she was the only one who eventually kept wrestling and made it to the WWF. Oh. Well, there you go. So she was actually better than they led her to us to believe. Yes, definitely. She had a very long career, and now she washes dogs for a living in Washington State. Hey, good do what you gotta do. Well, no, I'm 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 not saying that's a bad thing. I think that sounds like a fun job. I love dogs. Oh, well, there you go. You should call her up and see if uh, she needs a hand. Uh, I don't want to move to Washington State. <laughs> well, you live with Daniel Bryan too. <laughs> and Brian, Brian and Vinny. Brian. Exactly. Yes. Join the Brian and Vinny show. Yes. You're welcome. Replace Craig. There Nobody likes him. Oh, whatever. Craig is fine. <laughs> So Vince, Trish, Stephanie, and Linda are all in the back. Vince asks Trish if Linda's been medicated, has been. Tri- tri- blah. Vince asks Trish if Linda's medication has been doubled up, and, and informs Trish that Linda's only to be brought out when Shane's been beaten, and appears to be it will be losing. There's a knock on the door, and Michael Cole comes in asking dumb questions about the shocking event of Shane buying WCW. Vince says, you want shocking? You'll get shocking. A video package is then played. The events leading up to the match. Trish and Vince are hot and heavy. And this has shocked Linda into a vegetative state, and she now lives in a wheelchair. Zombie Linda. Yes. And the Vince McMahon wants a divorce. Because he wants young, hot Trish Stratus. No this storyline is so oh gross. God, terrible. No holds barred street fight. Shane McMahon versus Vince McMahon. Special guest referee, Mick Foley. Shane grabs the mic and says, what up, Houston? And I went, holy shit, he was doing that back then? So. Yes. No, Shane has not changed his wrestling style or what he does in the ring. Yes. In over 20 years. No, he has not. He then gives a shout-out to the young stars of WCW. 
who are in the skybox. You, they couldn't even get a camera inside the box. They had to like zoom in all one hundred percent from afar, just to like, just to show up. And then on top of it, they have the nitro like crawl banner across, and there's uh, across the screen, and it just says WCW wrestlers. Okay, well, here's the thing: they weren't actually supposed to do that. The what? the story is that uh, the, the WCW wrestlers were supposed to help Shane McMahon in the match. However, uh, uh, Stasiak there, what's his name, his first name? Sean. Sean Stasiak. I was thinking of his father, Stan. Uh, Sean Stasiak went on radio and spoiled that part of the match. What a dumbass! <laughs> And Vince was so pissed off that he, he he almost sent all of them home, but instead they got to watch it from a luxury box instead. Yes. Oh, oh no! How dare you! Oh, I, I guess I guess it's a fair compromise, Vince. We're sorry. We'll we'll try to. What a fucking dumbass! Like, don't get me wrong. Like, okay, Sean Stasiak was there as meat. A terrible, terrible gimmick. But then he goes to WCW briefly for a cup of coffee, shows up as, like, Sean Stasiak, whatever he does, Planet Stasiak or whatever, some crazy, another crazy-ass gimmick. Well, Planet Stasiak was during the evasion. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. Well, then, anyway. He was he was actually trying to be Mr. Perfect at WCW. Oh, God, that's right. So, yeah, anyway, he goes to WCW just in time for them to get bought out. Shows up back in the WWF, and then fu- what a great way to reingrace yourself back to your the company you once worked for. Yeah, I'm gonna be doing some shit on Sunday. Well, yeah. Well, Being see, he got show. fired in the first place because he was filming yeah, people no, backstage. Yeah, he was filming and or recording conversations without consent. Backstage. Right. And then he threatened like, "Oh, it's gonna be a documentary." There was nothing. No. No, there was nothing. Yeah, he just f- thought it would be funny. So this guy is, is like really, really stupid, <laughs> and he and he ruined a payday for him and all of his friends. That and well, they are fucking friends now. That well, and well, yeah. why the fuck would you allow him to go on the radio? This guy is obviously a huge liability. Yeah, go out there, Sean. We need uh, publicity for this event. You the perfect. I don't person. know. I just imagine that he was, I don't know this, but I just imagine he's there with, like, Booker T, and he's like, tell me you didn't just say that. Yes. So, yeah, I thought it was pretty fucking low-key. I was just like, the WCW wrestlers. I'm like, oh, shit. It's only been six days, and already they're getting, like, bottom-of-the-barrel treatment. The only person I could make out was Stacy Keebler. The others were just Well, in, like, they nice. were probably trying to find Stacy Keebler, to be honest. Probably. But yeah, everyone else just dressed up in a nice, you know, button-up shirt and stuff. So right. like, you don't obviously. But now we know why they were like that because No, I had no clue. I was just like they, were, damn. they really weren't supposed to do that. Yeah, what an idiot. Fuck. I tell Sean to go fuck himself. Isn't he dead now? No, he's not. Oh, that's good. He's he's a he's an inspirational speaker. Hey guys, tell you some good stuff. Never give up. Guys. When I was in the WWF in 1999, I filmed my co-workers having private conversations without their consent. You know what I did, brother? I made that. I went around the internet and did things, and then I left. 
And then I went on the radio and told people things. You can tell people on the radio things, too. Buy my book. Listen to the podcast. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, weird. wonder what he talks about. I don't know. It's not like Believing he, in yourself. Because it's not like he like had like you know an unfortunate accident. Although, well, let's look, let's look. Let's look this up real quick. Okay. Sean Stasiak. Like he didn't overcome something. Like you know, like was he in a car wreck or something? Like the official home of Sean Stasiak. SeanStasiak dot com. All right. Let's see. Um, discover more about Sean as Dr. Sean Stipch. What? Uh. So now he has a fake doctor title? Uh. Been away from mainstream. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, I guess you can book him and you can get a DVD and. My world is not much different than yours. In fact, we are all connected by a higher intelligence. Oh, no. Yeah. So it's like positive energy and stuff like that. Oh, no. Well, now we know yeah. we're, we're right back. Oh, we're there's right a thing back. on here about becoming a pro wrestler. Let's click on that. Ooh. Um, Planet Stasiac training? No. If you're, interesting, if you're interested in discovering what you need to know before becoming a professional wrestler... Then get the real truth from veteran pro wrestlers like Rob Van Dam, Diamond Dallas Page, Big Vito, uh, Cowboy James, uh, Johnny Mantell, Charlie Haas, and more at this link. How to become a professional wrestler. Oh, and this sends me to a really, like, kind of creepy site. Um, Odds are you know of Rob Van Dam. And then you can give your email address and get all sorts of different spam things for the rest of your life. Oh, no. All right. So let's click off of that and SeanStasiak.com. But that's what he's doing. Oh, man. Dr. Stitch. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Probably not a real doctor. Probably not. Or maybe he has like an honorary doctorate from somewhere. I don't know. Uh, what was that? What was the school that shut down? One of those schools, Trump University. Yes, from Trump University. All right, let's get back to the Shane versus Vince. Get this, get this back on track. Vince slaps Shane to start the match, and then he chokes him, and then uh, Shane then comes back with a clothesline, and then a spear for good measure. Stephanie rolls into the ring and tries to. Stop Shane, but then slap Shane across the face, and then quickly rolls out of the ring. Shane hits a baseball slide to Vince, now on the outside. Shane beats down Vince, grabs a sign, beats the hell out of him with the sign. He then grabs a cable and chokes Vince McMahon with it. Um, he hits a flying, but flying, <clears throat> a flying clothesline off the barricade. <clears throat> Shane then pulls out a candlestick from under the ring, clobbers Vince in the back with it. The crowd goes nuts as he hits uh, crappy-looking punches on Vince, uh, who just falls to the ground dead. Uh, Shane then tears part of the Spanish announce table. Shane hits Vince with the monitor and then climbs to the top rope and tries for a flying elbow, but crashes through the announce table as, as Stephanie helps pull Vince off the table in the nick of time. 
Trish then wheels Linda down to the ring. Trish helps Vince McMahon up and then slaps Vince McMahon across the face. Trish and Stephanie then start fighting. Linda sits motionless in the wheelchair. Stephanie and Trish keep fighting in the ring. They're all rolling around. Finally, McFoley lifts Stephanie off of Trish. Stephanie slaps Foley and then runs down the entrance ramp and then tries, then trips and falls as Trish Stratus gives chase. Both women leave. This leaves Vince looking at uh, Linda. Vince mouths the words, you bitch, as uh, as he stands uh, up and stalks Linda. Foley then intervenes before Vince can do anything to Linda. Foley then wheels Linda away. Grab Vince grabs a chair, hits Mick in the back, uh, and then across the head. Vince then grabs the wheelchair, rolls, rolls Linda into the ring as she just lays there motionless. <laughs> on the mat uh, I said this is the best acting I've ever seen Vince then grabs a steel chair sets it up in the corner and places Linda in the chair finally Vince starts attacking Shane again Shane is then rolled into the corner Vince then throws garbage cans into the ring Shane is then hit across the head with a steel trash can Vince continues to beat up Shane in front of Linda and talk shit to Linda as well while doing it as Vince is about to hit Shane with a trash can, Linda stands up, kicks Vince McMahon in the balls. Now McFoley comes in and beats the shit out of Vince and hits a running knee into a downed Vince and Shane plays the trash can in front of Vince, hits the van Terminator from across the ring to Vince and gets the cover and picks up the win. You want to talk over booked. Holy fuck. This match went 14-11. Yeah, it didn't need to, and I don't know. Oh. Linda McMahon. I, I'm glad that we won't have to put up with Linda McMahon after this. I was just like, what the fuck? What? Here's what I don't get. They didn't explain why Trish turned on Vince. Well, we're supposed to understand, because we're supposed to be watching every single Raw leading up to this, but Trish has been treated like crap. Oh, no, by- no, no, no. I, I agree. But the way it comes off as she likes it and she'll do whatever she can because she's like a gold digger. That's the way I well, took it. Well, yeah, but I think that right before this match, there was that infinite, uh, infinite, infamous scene where she, where Vince made her bark like a dog. Yeah, it was part of the promo package. Well, then that's probably what turned uh, Trish. I don't know. I just thought it was weird. The Hardy Boys are interviewed at WWF Access. We then see Undertaker shadow boxing and Triple H getting his knee pads tightened. But now it's time for TLC 2. Man. Yay, TLC 2. We are just getting lucky. All right. WWF Tag Team Championships. The Hardy Boys versus the Dudley Boys versus Edge and Christian. So, yeah. The part of the Hardys coming out, Jared talks about all three teams and that they want to elevate the match even more. And they're scared of what's going what's gonna to happen and how high is the bar going to be raised tonight, Jr. asks. Lita is out injured from a spear from Rhino earlier in the week, so we won't be seeing her. Uh, Edge and Christian come out. Finally, the Dudley Boys, again, the current champions, come out. Paul Heyman gives us 
the history of the Dudley Boys, coming from Big ba- uh, Big Dadley, Daddy Dudley. Spike Dudley is out injured as well, apparently, according to JR. So there's a ton of people injured. A double flapjack to Agent, uh, to Christian from the Dully Boys to start the match early. A then double whisper in the wind on the Dullies by, uh, but Agent Christian then come back with a ladder and beat up both teams. A double drop to hold onto the chair by Agent Christian on Jeff Hardy. Agent sets up a ladder, tries to climb it, but Matt Hardy quickly stops him. Matt Hardy then climbs and then Edge knocks him off. The Hardys slam Christian and both climb to their own ladder and do a combo leg drop splash onto Christian. The Dullies boys do the what's up spot on Edge. Bubba and Devon then get tables and the crowd goes nuts as they begin chanting for tables since the start of the match. So they finally get their tables. Two tables are brought in and Jeff Hardy is powerbombed through Edge who was on a table. The Dudley boys are then are giving, uh, are going out and setting up more tables stacked on top of each other. Paul Heyman says Big, Dadley, Big Daddy Dudley owned a large construction company in Dudleyville. <laughs> I want to know more about this. Three. Well, if you want to want to know more about the Dudleys, all you have to do is watch ECW and you get to see all of the Dudleys. Yes. I want, my favorite is Dances with Dudleys. Oh, you're not you're not a fan of Sign Guy Dudley. Ah, he's okay. What about Big Dick Dudley? Big Dick Dudley was also great, although we never saw how big his dick was. So, I kind I, of I guess I guess not. Um, what about well, we do get to see a little Spike Dudley or LSD, LSD here soon. With his acid drop. Mm-hmm. So three ladders are then set up under the belts, and all three teams are fighting. Christian falls onto the floor, which apparently he takes every single. Fucking TLC. He does the spot where he will fall out the ladder over the top rope to the freaking floor. Cut that out. Yes. Uh, and then finally, the ladders fall and everyone is down. Suddenly, Spike Dolly comes running in and hits an acid drop through a table on Christian. Rhino then comes running in and smashes the ladder into Devon and is speared to Bubba and then runs through Matt through a table. Lena that comes running out. Edge is being helped up the ladder and pulls him down. Rhino then picks up Lita. And okay, I need to stop you there okay. because JR had a really good line uh, uh, when Lita was uh, taking Edge off the ladder. Yeah. Jerking Edge off the ladder. Oh, no. Come on, JR. What the hell's wrong with you? I know. It wouldn't be the first time she jerked off Edge. Well, maybe not quite this early. True, true. Um, blah, 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 blah. Rhino picks up Lita, but Spike hits low blows Rhino, who tips over the ladder Edge was climbing, and then gets crouched on the top rope. The Dullies then hit a doomsday device on Rhino. Lita then hits a sick chair shot on Spike, who then gets 3D'd. Uh, sorry, Lita then gets 3D'd. After taking her shirt off, and Paul Heyman is yelling, Take it all off! Kind of in the sense of king. Gross. Yeah, it was gross. Jeff Hardy then pulls out a huge ladder, and then Rhino, and has Rhino and Spike Dudley on tables. Beneath it, Jeff Hardy climbs it, 
hits a huge swanton bomb through Rhino and Spike Dully, a much safer bump than the year prior. Uh, Christian and Devon climb the huge ladder, and Matt Hardy moves the ladder, leaving both men hanging from the belts. Devon falls first. Christian then starts hanging by one arm, and then finally falls. Jeff Hardy then starts walking a series of ladders, but it falls, uh, but it fails, and the ladders fall over. So apparently, in the Hardy in the Hardy Boys book, they actually mentioned that there was a lot of infighting about what they wanted to do in this match, and everyone was against this spot where. Jeff Hardy's like, oh, my man, it's going to look cool. I'm going to walk them like they're, like, you know, like uh, on stilts, and uh, it's going to be really cool. And then it failed, obviously, and everyone knew it was going to fail. Because, you know, don't listen to, you know, five other people, yeah, Jeff. Yeah, exactly. It's not like they know what they're talking about. Exactly. Um, so... Um, Ladders fall, so he starts climbing and grabs a belt, but then slips from the ladder. Adjun climbs another ladder, while Jeff is hanging in a huge spear, where Jeff is hanging from the belts. And I remember watching this and watching Edge's head. I think he like knocked himself out or something like that. He said in one of the interviews later on in his career. Like wouldn't have he, surprised me one bit. That yeah, was a he like drove his, his top of his head into the mat. It was a crazy spot. Yes. But, man, is it... Man, it's spectacular. Uh, Matt and Bubba are now on the ladder fighting over the belts, and Rhino comes back in and pushes it out. Both men go flying over the top ropes with the four tables, crashing into an explosion of broken wood. I fucking love that spot. Rhino is then carrying Christian on his shoulders. Christian grabs the titles off the hook to win the titles once again. Edge and Christian win the titles. Uh, yeah, it, it was a great match. Um, 15 minutes and 50 seconds. The one thing I will say is that it's basically like, I said this last year, but every spot that was in the fir- like in the triangle ladder match was in this uh, match here, just amplified slightly. Yeah, no, I agree. But, but yeah, I no, still it was a wonderful match. match. Oh, yeah. My only note was, I fucking love this match. Sorry. Oh, sorry. There you go. All right. It's time for the gimmick battle royal. Hooray. So, we I have love this match. The following. I wrote all this stuff down. And then I got the eliminations here, too. So. A long WF Access recap video plays. It's funny listening to Kane talk and explain how great Axis is um, while having wearing his mask. You know, for years it's like, I can't talk. But now it's like, yeah, WF Axis is pretty great for our fans. Pretty awesome to see all of them. Heyman and Jared put over the TLC match. Howard Finkel then says that the new attendance record has been broken. 67,925 fans. Bullshit. Anyway. Give Battle Royal. Mean Gene Okerlund comes down to the ring. Howard Finkel states that he is doing commentary. We then smash cut, which I think was weird. I think it was an edit. Because they just smash cut the, bra- uh, the brain, Bobby Heenan. And uh, coming down, he's going to be a color, commentator. color analyst. So, he comes up with some weird Frank Sinatra type music. 
Well, I mean, he needs some sort of entrance music. I don't think he had any prior. <clears throat> Probably not. But yeah, just crazy to think. Like six days prior, they were WCW employees, and now they're working for the WF again. All right, here's the order of here's the order of entrances. The Bushwhackers, Duke the Dumpster Drowsy, Iron Sheik, Earthquake, The Goon, Doink the Clown, Kama, Harvey Whippleman, Kimchi, oh sorry, with Kimchi, Repo Man, Jim Cornette, Nikolai Volkov, Michael Hayes, The One Man Gang, The Gobbledy Gooker, Tugboat, Hillbilly Jim, Brother Love, and finally Sergeant Slaughter. I just love how Howard Finkel introduces the goon. The goon. The goon. It's, it's so great. Yes. And his, <laughs> his music is dun, 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 dun. That's it. Well, you know what's really funny is the Repo Man, when he came out, um, everybody went crazy because the Repo Man's starting music has glass shattering so everybody thought it was Austin ah. <laughs> <laughs> alright I don't know how anybody got this sound so I'm, I'm not because I, I couldn't so I'm going to read it from another source basically the order of eliminations was Michael Hayes eliminates the Repo Man Tugboat eliminates the Gobbledy Gooker Earthquake eliminates Tugboat well, you know come on the natural disasters turned on each other Kamala eliminates Earthquake. Kamala eliminates Kimchi. James E. Cornette eliminates Bushlacker back whacker Luke. Hillbilly Jim eliminates Jim Cornette. Doink eliminates Duke the Drozzy. Sergeant Slaughter eliminates the Goon. Doink eliminates Nikolai Volkov. Doink eliminates Bushwhacker Butch. Kamala eliminates Doink. One Man Gang eliminates Michael Hayes. Kamala eliminates a one man gang. Sergeant Slaughter eliminates Kamala. Sergeant Slaughter eliminates Brother Love. Hillbilly Jim eliminates Sergeant Slaughter. And Iron Chick eliminates Hillbilly Jim. Alright. So that all happened. Um, and then after the match, Sergeant Slaughter just comes right back, puts the Cobra Crutch on, Sergeant, on, on Iron Chic, and then um, Sergeant Slaughter gets his heat. So. Can't even put over a freaking Iron Sheik. Well, here's the thing. Oh, Iron Sheik is always a heel. Yes. Iron, and so they wanted to make the fans happy before the next match, and Iron Sheik couldn't get over the top rope. Yeah, that's the only really uh, reason he won the match. <laughs> like, he, was a, right. he was a liability. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? For the Are you ready? I am ready. Doom, doom. Yes. The Undertaker versus Triple H. He's going to make you famous. He is. Triple H has beaten everyone. And The Undertaker says that he hasn't been beaten. Undertaker has a restraining order placed on him by Stephanie McMahon. So Kane is tasked with getting Stephanie and threatens to throw her off a balcony unless the WrestleMania match is made against Triple H. Triple H also rolls Undertaker's motorcycle off the stage on the SmackDown previous to WrestleMania. So there you go. That's the whole entire fucking story. Motorhead plays Triple H out. Thank God. Oh my God. <laughs> um, all right. It's, it's okay, but like, Lemmy doesn't know the words of the song. Or the fucking speed. He's like, we're Motorhead. 
we're going to kick your ass. It's like, really? Everybody should know who the fuck Motorhead is. You shouldn't have to announce yourself. But then he's like, it's all about the game. And I take it. Let me slow the fuck down. <laughs> but yes, but it's just like, it's all about the game and how you play it. It's all about the game and how you play it. Like he repeats the lines all yeah. over the place. Oh, yeah, yeah. And a glaving bitch and a smoking gun. Something, something. Gonna eat some gum. It's all it's about the game. game. I know you play it. <laughs> oh, shit, guys. Do, do the fucking solo. I'm tired. <laughs> it's still it's awesome, not- though. It's much better than DX. Sure. And it, and we probably shouldn't be making fun of the dead, but still. No. He was probably coke out of his mind. Him and probably Triple H were probably drinking beforehand. Triple H doesn't drink. Oh, whatever. He, bullshit. <laughs> anyway, it was much, much. I was thinking to myself, listen to this, a million times better than the DX band experience or whatever they call themselves. Right. Well, you know, I think it's actually when we get to WrestleMania 22, um, or maybe it's 21, Motorhead plays Triple H's theme song again, and they do a better job at that one. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to watch it. Motorhead play, like I said. Uh, Undertaker comes down on his motorcycle. It would have taken a million years, I wrote. Uh, he speeds down to ringside quickly. Both men then quickly get into it. Um, they're on the side of the match, fighting each other. Uh, the poor smash now table, which is now just a standard table, gets broken again. <laughs> they literally no wonder, up. no wonder, uh, Hugo Savinovich left. Yeah, he's, he's just like, I this. can't take this anymore. I'm done. <laughs> Taker misses. Carlos Cabrera, though, he's like, I'll stick around, Vince. You got me. Yep, yep. Taker misses an elbow drop, but comes back with a flying clothesline. Taker does old school, which they do identify this time as old school. I think this is the first time they've identified that. Triple H throws him off the top rope to the mat. Uh, that follows up with a neck breaker for a two. Triple H grabs a sledgehammer and tries to hit the Undertaker. Uh, the ref calls uh, the ref, Michael Kyoto, grabs a hammer. Triple H tries the pedigree, but Undertaker reverses it into a uh, catapult, which knocks into Mike Kyoto. A choke slam by Undertaker for a near fall. Undertaker then is upset. He beats up Mike Kyoto and starts attacking Triple H again. Triple H then goes outside. Triple H's back body dropped into the crowd. They fight through the crowd. They reach, like, I don't know, some area, some scaffolding thing. They exchange punches. Triple H grabs a chair, smashes it over the back of Undertaker several times, over and over and over again. After some showboating, Triple H tries to hit Undertaker, uh, but Undertaker hits a choke slam, and he like choke slams him off into the abyss. A huge holy shit chant breaks out. EMTs come out to attend to Triple H, but Undertaker fights them. He continues to beat up Triple H. They then make their way into the ring again. Undertaker picks up a sledgehammer as a smackdown. At a smackdown, days prior, Triple H accidentally hit, uh, legit hit Undertaker in the head, causing 16 staples of damage. So he, he, you know how you do that running spot? He puts his hand over the front of the sledgehammer. He forgot to do it. I don't know if he forgot to do it. I think his hand slipped or something. I think it's like sweaty. And yeah, he like busted open. Undertaker, yeah, it was not good. Um, 
but the whole point is I break that up is at the point of the match, Undertaker like feels his head and then he goes like, Oh, I'm gonna choke some of the shit out of Undertaker or out of Triple H. Um Triple H low blows the Undertaker. Triple H then gets the hammer, but Undertaker hits a big boot stopping Triple H. They both exchange punches. Uh, he sets up Taker for a tombstone, but Undertaker reverses and tombstones Triple H. But the ref is still knocked out. And this is like 15 minutes later. Like, Mike Yoda's still dead. Yeah, no, they, act- they actually killed Mike Yoda, and he they haven't given him a Phoenix down yet to revive him. Yes. So he gets a visual pinfall on Triple H. Undertaker then starts to revive Mike Kyoto and then signals for the last ride as Mike Kyoto starts to stir. Triple H grabs a hammer while being set up in the last ride. He hits the Undertaker in the face. He throws the hammer out of the ring. One, two, kick out. The crowd goes unglued as Taker kicks out. Now that the Undertaker is bleeding, Undertaker then comes back Hits the last ride on Triple H. Picks up the win. Um, match went a while. 28 Oh, sorry. 18 minutes and 27 seconds. Um, I, this match was okay. But, like, this match is often, often fond, like, over. And I didn't really think it was that great. Like, the crowd was nuts for it. Like, don't get me wrong, like... But a lot of the matches spent on the outside, like... Just, glad, you know, smoking mirrors. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I kind of get where you're coming from. I like... I like this match a lot, but there are a few things that really bother me. Um, like the fact that Mike Kyoto is dead for 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like, at that point... There have been times where, like, multiple multiple refs comes out. Yeah. But no, like, get Tim White out there. Get, you know, one of the Armstrong brothers or whatever. Yeah, Charles Robinson. Something. But no, it's uh, just Mike Yoda and he's dead. Yep. But um, I really, I, I like this version of Taker a lot. Um, not so much for like his promo style or some of the things he said, but like the way he actually wrestles in the ring. And I really like the last ride power bomb as a finisher. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there's things in here too, like definitely. Definitely. The rock and stone cold are both shown preparing for the match, walking to the ring. One of the greatest promo packages in WWE history plays featuring my way from Limp Biscuit. Austin wins the Royal Rumble. Rock wins the WWE Championship. Deborah then has to manage The Rock, who is Stone Cold's wife. Deborah was in putting harm's way by The Rock, so he gets a stunner. They give each other their finishing moves. Rock with the stunner. Austin giving The Rock bottom. They exchange beers on Raw. Just all kinds of awesome shit I wrote. Uh, every time I listen to Hear My Way, it's like, ah, oh, WrestleMania 17. No DQ WF Championship match. Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock. The funny thing is, nobody it wasn't you know, everyone's like, oh who the who made it DQ? Probably 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 Vince McMahon, because he's a jerk. Cause uh yeah. They go, this is a no DQ match. Since when? <laughs> 
Calm down, JR. Exactly. You can yell Stone Cold later. Austin comes out to his disturbed theme. He's back after his neck surgery that came out for over a year. I don't like this version of this I theme like song. I like that theme. I like it. Because I like Disturbed, so. I don't like Disturbed. What? Especially, especially when they sang the sound of silence. <laughs> uh, hey, and this time he didn't forget his vest. Well, that's good. Yeah. Rock comes out. Uh, but I wrote that I couldn't really tell if he was liked or not. Uh, but then because the music was kind of drowning out the crowd. But then he poses and he has a bunch of flash bulbs, and obviously, it was a very much a. Uh, he was still very much over. Later in the match, so. Austin quickly gets to work. He tries to hit the rock with the belt, but misses. He comes back uh, with a thud press, and then a swinging neckbreaker by the rock, and then he tries for a rock bottom early, but Austin tries for the stunner, but they both block it. Rock is then sent outside. Both men start fighting in the crowd, but quickly go back ringside, which I was glad about because I'm like, we just saw this. Get your asses back in the ring. Uh, Austin is slammed across the English announce desk. A near fall back in the ring by the uh, by Austin. Rock is then placed on top of the ro- top rope, and a superplex is hit. Jared notes that Rock is only 28, headlining his third WrestleMania. God damn, he's young. Yeah, he's my age. Austin takes off the turnbuckle and padding, and The Rock comes back with punches of his own. The crowd boos as Rock hits every move on Austin. Rock then closes Austin out of the ring. Austin's head is repeatedly rammed into the head uh, into the bell ringer's table. Austin then. Uh, intimidates Earl Hebner, who trips over the camera cable and then the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> and then you hear someone yell, Get that cable out of the way! It was awesome. Um, the Rock is lying on the announce table and it suddenly collapses under his weight. Um, oh, the Rock is also busted open by now. Back in the ring, Austin delivers a huge right hand. Austin drops the ro- uh, drags the rock into the corner with the exposed uh, turnbuckle, but Rock fights back. Uh, Austin then comes back with a neckbreaker and only gets a two count. Um, Austin then is laying in right hands on the rock. He then starts stomping a mud hole in the rock in the corner. Earl Hebner drags Austin off the rock, begging Austin to get off of him. Um, rock then comes out of nowhere with a huge clothesline to a chorus of boots that rain down on the rock. Rock then hits Austin's head into the exposed turnbuckle. Rock then grabs a ring bell and brings it into the ring. Uh, Rock then hits Austin across the face with the ring bell and is busted open as well. Rock then goes for a cover, but only gets a two. Rock continues hitting Austin with right hands and an elbow uh, down to Austin. Uh, Rock is then catapulted into the ring post and then to the outside by Austin. Rock is then hit with a monitor. Austin drags Rock back into the ring, tries for a cover, but only gets a two. Austin then hits a double bird, tries for a stunner, but Austin uh, isn't. Uh, Rock takes Austin down and slaps on his really shitty sharpshooter. JR mentions that WrestleMania 15, uh, sorry, 13, that Austin versus Brett. The crowd is going nuts as Rock pulls Austin away from the ropes. Uh, but even more, Austin 
finally get to the bottom rope. It was really weird. Like, they cheer rock and then they boom. Well, it's Texas. No, so. I mean, I get that. But it's like, he slaps on the sharpshooter and then they're cheering. You know, it's like, well, what? I think they just like the sharpshooter. Probably. Austin gives a finger and he tries another sharpshooter, but Austin reverses it and gets to his own sharpshooter on the rock. Rock is able to eventually be able to power out. Uh, Austin then starts walking over the knee of the rock over and over again. He applies another sharpshooter. As blood is streaming down the head of the rock, as he grabs the bottom rope, Austin refuses to let let go, giving Earl Hebner the finger. Austin then slaps on the million dollar dream on the rock. The rock is fading, but he gets his arm up at two. He then hits a, the rock. Then hits a stunner out of nowhere. He barely gets the cover on Austin, and he gets a two count. Vince McMahon then walks down to the ring, still in his wrestling gear from his match earlier. Austin hits a spine buster on the rock, and he kicks out at two, angering Austin. Austin, or sorry, then Rock then comes back, hits his own spine buster, and drags the rock or Austin in the middle of the ring, sets up for the people's elbow. He hits it. But uh, makes the cover. One, two. Vince McMahon drags the Rock off of Austin, breaking up the pinfall. Rock then uh, chases Vince McMahon around the ring, but Austin catches the Rock in the middle of the ring with a rock bottom. Another close call. One, two, kick out. JR is losing his shit at this point. Austin tries for a stunner, but is pushed away. Austin then hits Earl Hebner. Knocking him out of the ring. Austin then hits a low blow on Rock. Vincent comes out with a chair. Austin holds up Rock while Vince hits uh, hits the Rock with the chair in the head. Vince pushes Earl back into the ring. Another near fall kick out. Austin is even a- more angry now. He grabs the chair. Rock comes back with a desperation Rock bottom. Vince gets on the apron. And Rock attacks Vince McMahon. Allowing Austin to hit the stunner on the Rock. But again, the Rock kicks out. Uh, Vince McMahon hands the chair to uh, Stone Cold. A huge chair shot across the head of the Rock. And another kick out. Austin grabs the chair and starts slamming into the chest of the Rock. And then starts hitting the Rock over and over and over again with the chair. As JR begs Austin to stop. Uh, He finally makes the cover. He finally gets a win. Your new WWF champion... Steve Austin at 28 minutes and 8 seconds. By now, you know, JR is losing his shit. Paul Heyman is sailing, is, you know, salivating. JR asking, what the hell is this? As Austin and Vince McMahon shake hands, JR sells it huge. Vincent Austin and Chair Beer in the ring. As JR is yelling, he sold his soul to the devil for that by God WWF championship. Um, Rock then slowly gets back up. Austin stalks him, hits him over the head with a title, and then they stand victorious as they go off the air. Oh, God, that was long. What did you think of the main event? I thought it was really good, but I could see why a lot of people at the time were pissed off. Like, in hindsight, like, knowing 
Well, we, yeah, no, no, 2019 eyes. We know exactly what's going to happen. Right. I didn't remember so many fucking pinfalls, though. I was like, Jesus Christ, no wonder they freaking do 14 false finishes in a match nowadays. Well, yeah, Steve Austin and The Rock definitely started this whole thing. A lot of people blame it on John Cena. No. (laughs) No, it's The Rock. I really like the match, but by the end of it, though, when Vince McMahon came down, it's like, okay, they're double-teaming The Rock, and he's still kicking out. I was like... Okay, just fucking get to it already. And then they kept kicking out. And it's like, finally, like, Austin had to go, like, crazy with a chair. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Just please, please finish. Like, <laughs> by that time, I was like, okay, I've seen enough. Just right, come right. on. Vanda can fucking end it. I did like it, though. I, I really enjoyed the match. Um... So is this the greatest WrestleMania? Um, I'd say no. No. It definitely had some great matches. Vince versus Shane. Uh, the Benoit versus Kurt Angle. The TLC 2. Austin Rock. There's definitely good, you know, I'd even say Triple H on Dicker. Wasn't bad. I mean, overall, this match, this, you know, I would say probably outside the APA match and the women's title match, this wasn't a too bad, uh, it wasn't too bad of a match or a card. I mean, it, right. it, it, I it had think... sound spots, but it wasn't, wasn't like a drag to watch. I don't know. I, even, even stupid things like the gimmick battle royal that were stupid and, and whatever, I, I, enjoyed a lot i wish they would do more comedy stuff like that at wrestlemania from time to time yeah no i agree i mean i remember they had the the old school raw and it was like that was so much fun sorry i'm just gonna start reading here so Are you ready for the Dave Meltzer star ratings list? What did the wrestling observer Dave Meltzer have to say? All right. So, you're going to be shocked. But, all right. RVD versus, oops, sorry, that's wrong WrestleMania. Hey, it's next year's WrestleMania. (laughs) Chris Jericho versus William Regal got a two. Okay. The APA six-man match got a half a star. All right. Um, Raven versus Kane versus Big Show got three fourths of a star. Mm-hmm. Angry versus Test got two and one fourth stars. Okay, seems kind of generous. Crispin Bar versus Canelo got four and a half, four and one fourth stars. Okay. China versus Ivory got negative one star. Makes sense. Vince Man versus Shane Man got three stars. All right. TLC two was four and three four stars. So close to the first ever five star WrestleMania match. Mm. Wonder what they could have did to to push it over the edge. Uh, more edge spears. I'll say I'll say maybe less uh, fuckery from like maybe everybody. Gimmick Battle Royal got a dud. Okay. Triple H versus Undertaker got three and a half stars. Okay. Rock versus Austin, four and a half stars. 
All right. I'm just saying, we got three four-star plus matches. Yeah. Yeah, not a not a not a bad not a bad pay not a bad WrestleMania. I think it's really fondly remembered because of the time period. I mean, this is peak WWF. Right. WCW just died. Just you had a fucking stacked roster. And I think WrestleMania 17 is just I mean, it's a great... I mean, you had the great build. You had the my way. Just, you know. Yeah, I think... I th- I think that the next few WrestleManias will show just how good the roster actually is. Because there will be people who stick around and the fat will be trimmed away. And we won't have to look up anything about Sean Stasiak ever again. Yes. And it will... I think the next we're in a we're in a stretch of pretty good shows from here on out for a little while anyway. I'm sure the next three years are good. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I think a little longer than that actually. So. All right. Well, there you go. WrestleMania 17. Um, we'll be back with WrestleMania 18 in the next X8. Couple- X8. Uh, I just got done watching the Raw beforehand. Oh God. Chris Jericho, what happened? What happened, Chris Jericho? He's the king of the world, baby. Yes, we'll get into it next time on Review Mania. Yay!